This is Indie ColorCast, powered by Radio Kismet. I'm Andrew Benioff, the founder of Indie Congress. The conversations you're about to hear were recorded in Miami from February 8th to the 10th of 2022. I think they're important because we heard from industry leaders in independent hospitality on their plans on emerging from the pandemic. My co-host in these conversations is Christopher Plant, the founder of Radio Kismet. Christopher, welcome. Thank you so much, Andrew. I found these conversations fascinating as a snapshot in time, as well as being really inspirational. I hope you'll enjoy them as much as I did. Theo Edwards Butler founded the Modern Green Book, which tracks the Black travel and hospitality experience. Hello, everybody. My name is Theo Edwards Butler. I am the founder and CEO of The Modern Green Book, which is a reimagination of the original Negro Motorist Green Book. And it's our way of connecting consumers, today's consumers, and today's Black-owned brands with each other. So your easy access to supporting Black-owned. So, Theo, when we were speaking yesterday, you had mentioned something about flipping the script on the idea behind the Green Book. And um, whereas... Originally, it had been built to help black motorists in their travel experience find safety, find their people, and now you are using it as a means of basically uh, highlighting black businesses and giving people a guidebook uh, for supporting businesses that, that are black-owned and that, that you believe in. Can you tell me why you thought you were the person to do that and, and how you've done it? Yeah, so essentially I, I, I grew up doing theater. So theater takes you literally across the world. If you, if you guys know, we have tours, we have cruise ships, all those things you can find theater artists on. And I found myself touring a lot. So I toured with the Children's Theater Company and was traveling through Montana and Utah and New Mexico and Texas. And I was like, where can I find like a black owned business to support? Where can I go get my hair done? Is there a place that I can go and stay? You know, we sometimes booked our own places to stay. Is there a place that I can go and stay that might help with the community? Cause I, I know a lot of black owned businesses give back to their communities. They're involved with their communities. So that was really my selfish reason was creating this guide so that I could use it when I get back on the road and tour. Um, and then it just kind of took on its own life. I, I mean, a lot of friends have used it specifically for travel, but also you can use this from the comfort of your home. You can use this from your couch. You can sit there and look at it when you're in a new city and find businesses to support not only just restaurants and hotels and, and things like that, but you can go and find makers and craft um, you know, artists to support as well. So it's, it's really just a mecca of Black-owned businesses within this book that you can use in your day-to-day life, but also in your travels. And I I just felt like it was important to bring back this piece of history, which to me was forgotten. I mean, like it's not taught in schools. It's not something that you you hear about regularly. A lot of people didn't even know what it was. Until the movie. Yeah, until, until the Green Book movie, people were unsure as to what the green book was unless you had a family member who had experience using it. And even even back in the day, you know, I say back in the day, but it was only when, like during the times when it was <laughs> yeah, an, an essential know, like journal. When when this guide was in publication, still a lot of people did not know what it was, and so um, this was just my way of bringing it back. I love history, and I love to support black-owned businesses. I love to shop. I love to eat. You know, so this was just my way of bringing this piece of history 
to the forefront and modernizing it so that we today as a consumer and we today as modern adventurers and travelers can utilize it to support communities along our journey. Yeah, and I think that the way that, that you say that uh, is, is amazing because like what is we you know, anymore. And I think that there are a lot of people of all races and genders and cultures who are looking for ways that they can create unique experiences that will allow them to get a more direct, you know, access point to the culture that makes a space. And I think that that's obviously got to be right at the forefront of what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, a lot of Black-owned businesses are in the hearts of their community. So whatever business you're supporting, whether it be a restaurant or a hotel or a, or even an artist, an art gallery or something, a lot of times they're in those same spaces. You can look outside and see a community of people that rally around them and they support their community too. So it's, and it's, it's not just, and I like to say to people, the Modern Green Book is not just for for black travelers and for black motorists and, and um, you know, for black consumers. It's for everybody to use because supporting a black-owned business is not just for black people to do. It's for I everybody agree. to, you know, go out and support and rally around because these businesses influence our communities and they're the businesses that are changing the landscape and, and um, really essentially turning cities on their heads because they are now at the forefront of the the change. They're on the pulse of what's going on and they know what's happening. They yeah, know well, their people. Equity, diversity, and inclusion is now a part of every conversation. And if it is not a part of the conversation that you're having, you need to move yourself in that direction. And I think it's important for people, especially in the overall understanding of culture, to make sure that they understand like where the culture is really coming from. You've mentioned history uh, a lot, and I think that um, you know the United States has successfully covered up a lot of its history, and so bringing that back out, allowing those stories to, to gain a, a larger voice in the overall cultural development of the of the of, of, of our culture is important. You and I have spoken a little bit. You have a lot of uh, broad ambitions about what you'd like to do with this project. Can you tell me a little bit about the, the new directions that you're heading in? Yeah, so we we really, you know, I, I always say we're focused on the amplification and elevation of Black-owned businesses and communities that surround them. So we obviously, we have our digital database. We have our publication that's been in print. We're coming into our second edition in June. Um, we also are going to be working on a television series that kind I of love that. I puts love that you, idea. Yeah. I, can, I can see it <laughs> already, you know. Yeah, and it... And, you know, this is probably me and my theater self and having grown up doing some television and film and wanting a way to kind of showcase like what is actually going on behind these doors and what's what the entrepreneur and what the, the business owner is really thinking. But it's my way to kind of show America and the world, like how these products get to your table, how the artist makes the artwork that goes up on your walls, how the restaurants are making the plate that you take a picture of and snap on Instagram and stuff like that. It's really that the television show is a way to gain appreciation of how and why. Well, and it's also um, this idea that if something is interesting in print, it will most likely be interesting in, in video, in audio. And there are so many ways to tell a story. And what you're working on is so important that I believe that it should be shared in this sort of multi-hyphenate 
universe where people can find it where they need it. And, and, and I said podcasts should be an important part because when you're traveling, you don't want to be looking at a screen right. you, and you don't want to be reading a book. You want to be listening to the words. And um, so I hope that there is um, a lot of podcasting in your future. How did you find out about ILC? They actually found me. I, I was not, I, you know. Kudos to ILC. Right. They, they found me um, a little over maybe six, eight months ago when um, they reached out. And I, I was like, this is perfect. Because right now, you know, our main goal is to obviously recreate what the Green Book was for today's consumer. And lodging was a huge factor in that. Lodging was probably the biggest, you know, you open up old editions and most of the cities only had hotels, you know, so, or only had houses where people could stay. People were opening up their doors to travelers coming in. And when ILC reached out, it just seemed like a match made in heaven to come yeah. and connect. Well, and, and we met uh, yesterday at the historic Hampton House here in Miami, which was a popular destination for African-Americans and black travelers who couldn't stay potentially where they, where they wanted to. Can you, can you also speak a little bit to the, the transition post at the end of segregation where many of these businesses and, and even the, the Green Book itself went out of, went out of publication and, and how um, these new conversations around diversity, equity, and inclusion are emerging as incredibly important trends in, in the hospitality sector. Yeah, so, I mean, and even through my research, a lot of times after um, when desegregation happened, the black community was like, we've been left out of spaces, so we're going to move. We're going to go to the nice hotels. We're going to go to the nice restaurants that kept us out, and a lot of times black-owned businesses. Other. Not that the other, not that the hotels were highlighted in the Green Book weren't right. nice. But, yes, you know, no, they all, to... the hotels were nice, but obviously when you're kept out of a space, right. you want to feel included, um, mm -hmm. and they had the opportunity to do so. Nobody could tell them no anymore. Um, and so a lot of times these black-owned establishments were, you know, pushed aside, put on the back burner, and we lost a lot of amazing businesses. And that that struck me super hard because I, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. My grandfather, he owned a hotel. He owned a gas station and a sundry and things like that. And I'm not saying he had these created, you know, in the 60s. They were definitely around in like the 70s and 80s and stuff. But when people start to feel like they're more welcome in other spaces, they tend to forget the spaces that were created that made them feel comfortable and allowed them to come and be a part of a family, essentially, you know, a community. And so with the Modern Green Book, we're really trying to, to showcase that these businesses are still around for us to be a part of, not only us, but other people as mm -hmm. well. Any group should feel comfortable and confident that supporting a Black-owned business is for them too, you know? I love it. Is there anything that, that I haven't touched on that you'd like to make sure that you get into the into the conversation here? Oh, um, I mean, really, the only other thing, we, you know, we have our publications out. We have an annual one that comes out. We also have quarterly publications as well, which really dive a little bit deeper into some of the stories of the entrepreneurs that make up the Modern Green Book. But we also have a grant program, and that's something we are starting this year to help some of these struggling businesses kind of regain their confidence and um put themselves out there in a better light because we unfortunately have a hard time gaining capital. Yeah. And so this grant program is to help them gain those first steps that they need, gain the capital that they need to either start or get the capital they need to continue to thrive. So that's really a big thing that we're starting hopefully in the summertime. Um, right after we do our festival, which is a big fundraiser for festival. that. Festival. Yes, we have a festival. We did our first one last year. 
Our, and does that take yeah. place in Birmingham, Alabama? It does take place in Birmingham, Alabama right now. Um, we're looking to do some other major events in some other cities. Road show. Yes, definitely. Road shows, tours, and things like that are on the horizon and things that I've been thinking about. But the festival is my baby, and I put it together essentially by myself, which was a humongous <laughs> feat, yeah. but it's fun, you know, it, and it happens in August, which is Black Business Month, for those of you guys who didn't know, and it's really my way to celebrate the community and the culture that surrounds Black-owned businesses, so you come, you can experience different artists, because I like to think that Black culture has influenced almost every major mm -hmm. genre of music, so we get artists from, from country to hip-hop to jazz to soul to gospel, then we have businesses that you can go and support. It's just a fun day of, you know, events, speakers, um, music, and shopping, and food. Lots and lots of food. <laughs> I love it. Well, and there is this, this strong resurgence of Southern cooking um, and that is, like, emerging as, like, a very, very popular new trend in cooking when it's not even new. But I think that what's emerging from that is that it is that soul food cooking, which is generally considered to be a smaller sector, is really out there and has influenced everything that, that we know, especially Southern cooking. Yeah, I mean, the, the people who are in that, the Southern cuisine, have really been taking our roots from, from slavery and, and creating something that is not only modern and tasty, but, but healthy, you know, yeah. and that, that's a huge thing too, because a lot of times people do not think of Southern food as being something that is healthy or something that is, we should still be eating, but people have really created something that is still tasty, but also good, good for our people, good for our body, good for our soul. Um, and I think that, that is amazing because I, I, I think a lot of people, there's a lot of negative stereotypes around black food because of just some of the health things that have happened to us over the years. Yeah. Um, so I love it. Well, and stereotypes. Yeah. That were stereotypes you know, put out there. Mm -hmm. So uh, last uh, question, what did it feel like for you to go to the historic Hampton House as part of the ILC program, which is has to be considered one of the most successful stories to emerge from you know, looking into saving a brand that was at the heart of the black experience, you know, during segregation and, and how it's become this new cultural asset that is very much a part of the future conversations. Yeah, I got chills. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I got chills. I, I got chills not only for the fact that I knew what the Hampton House was before going into it. I did not, for some reason, when, when I saw it on the schedule, I didn't put together like, oh my gosh, that that is the hotel from One Night in Miami. Like that is, and I, I've seen the movie. I've watched a bootleg version of the play. <laughs> and, um, and so I, you know, having that experience of like kind of connecting to, and Muhammad Ali, he's from Louisville. So we have tons of Muhammad Ali things in the city where I'm from. And to see a space where he was and was able to celebrate such a huge victory, no matter, you know, the fact that, he had to go to the Hampton House because he was not able to go anywhere else. To the Fontainebleau, which right. they kept talking about. Right, you know, but it's the simple fact that this celebration got to happen in a place like this. Yeah. And it, even though it's a part of not the, the most light history, but it's still a part of our history and it's still a part of our culture and our celebration. And I just thought it was amazing to be in that space. And not only Martin Luther King, I mean, Sam Cooke was there, like, and, you know, Jim Brown was there, Martin Luther Sammy King, Davis Jr., Sam, Hella, like, Harry like Aretha, you know, like being able to be in a space where all of these people that I grew up 
either watching we because they were, up. yeah, I mean, you they know, literally like literally define the culture right. of the past fifty years. And, and and being in a space from being like an artist standpoint, being a singer, I grew up in singing in a Motown girls group. So it's like to be in a place where all of these amazing Motown artists had traveled. It just it gave me chills. I loved it. I, I mean, and there's so many more like the Hampton House. There's so many more hotels and restaurants that are either being restored or people are now becoming aware of the fact that we need to save these spaces. Fantastic. And if somebody were looking for information online about, or social media, about the Modern Green Book, where would they go? So online, our website is www.moderngreenbook.net. And you can find us on, you know, pretty much any social platform at The Modern Green Book. Super easy, super simple. Um, But we hope you guys stay and follow us. Our TV show, our TV series will be coming out this year. So um, be aware and also get your business listed if you're a black-owned business out there. (laughs) Um, Get your business listed, you know. It's a a fun community to be a part of, and we like to do things to highlight pretty much everybody on the listing, so. Thank you very much for coming to talk to the CEO. Thank you. Thank you for listening to these conversations. Make sure to check out our upcoming events at ilcongress.com under events.